most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. AJ Jones. Yes, sir. Welcome back from sunny California. Thank you so much. Tell me all about it. Um, It was very hot. Wait, you've forgotten the bit where you woke me up at 4.30 a.m. in the morning and like a giant of a man, I drove you to the airport instead of making you get an Uber. Yes, you did. But in my mind, that's what a spouse does. I'd never ask you to get an Uber in the morning, but that's okay. Noted. Yes, yes, Noted. darling. <laughs> Filed you away for future amazing. early airport runs. So California's hot. How is it, it hot different from Tennessee hot? It's like a dry heat, but it was hot. I mean, it was like... 106 kind of hot. Good Lord. So, uh, yeah, I was really bummed because I posted to Instagram stories when it was at 104, 103, and I should have posted it like half an hour earlier, earlier when it was 106, but I didn't think about it. And then I was like, oh, it's gone down. It doesn't look as impressive. <laughs> but according to your talking heads of Instagram, I, I honestly don't understand why people do that, but you seem to have jumped into it, made it your new life manifesto. According to that, which I did watch, because it was you know one of the only ways I could connect with you because of the time zone. Aw, thanks, baby. You said that it was great for hair. It was great for hair. So if, for example, in Tennessee, if, you, if I straighten my hair, because mm-hmm. uh, it's quite humid, it's questionable whether it will still be straight when I get home. And certainly it's going to be a heck of a lot more puffy because my hair actually has curl to it. When you say quite humid, do you mean, are you kidding me? This humidity is killing me humid? Yeah, like you can cut it and drink it kind of humid. Um, But there, it's super dry. So whatever your hair looked like in the morning, that's what it looks like when you get home, which I thought, well, this is brilliant. It's a bonus, I guess. Right? So from now on, when I see people on Instagram with great hair from California, I'm going to attribute some of it to the weather. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's my new theory. So you were in California for a whole week. Left Monday, got back yep. Saturday. Not a whole well, week. Well, six days, six yeah. Six days, yep. Yep. Um, tell us about it. What were you doing there? Um, I went out for... Uh, Bethel hosts something called the School of the Prophets. And so uh, I went out to attend that, which was super fun. It must have been nice to be at a conference that you had no responsibility for. Yeah. I can't actually... I was trying to think of a time when that that's been the case when we haven't either been ministering there or emceeing or responsible in some way. Yeah. Or hosting it, or running hosting it. it. Um, and I think perhaps it's been about 15 years. Good Lord. Yeah. So that to me was like, Oh gosh, we need to, <laughs> we need to make sure that doesn't happen again. I mean, I, it was so great to just go and attend and have no responsibility and just receive and process with the Lord and meet people and not have to be thinking about where I need to be next. And I would imagine that that there's a certain level of appreciation in your heart that might not be present in a normal conference score because you know how hard it is to run events. So you would notice all the little details they would do to make life easier. Yeah. And they're brilliant at it. I mean, Bethel has this thing down. They're brilliant at running conferences, everything from registration to how they did ministry time, all that kind of stuff. Just like uh, amazing. Really, really good. Which means while you were away, I was, what's that? All by myself, don't want to be. Wait, wait, let me get my violin. It's not Celine Dion, is it? (laughs) Who sings that? I don't know, actually. But Hey Siri, who sings All By Myself? (laughs) Myself is by Nav. It's nope, not. that's not it. <laughs> anyway, I Siri was Siri let home. you down, baby. Just a minute. She let you down. <laughs> never. Never. <laughs> anyway, I was all by myself. You were. Which was weird because California's two hours behind Tennessee. Yeah. 
Which it, doesn't sound like much, but it is it is much when it's like... Well, when I go to bed at 11pm, you were in a conference at 9pm. Yeah, so we didn't get to chat very um, much. When I got up at 7am with the kids, it's 5am for you, so... Yeah, it, but I was awake, but yeah. Yeah, look at you, you night owl. Or morning something. I just, I didn't sleep that great. I, I decided this time not to bring my pillow, because I'm like, I'm not a wuss. I never used to travel with a pillow. It's only the last couple of years I've traveled with my pillow. Dude, I should have brought my pillow. Did you just dude me? I just duded you. I I could not make any of the the four pillows on that bed into a shape that was conducive for sleeping. That's because I bought you the best pillows in the market. That's true. The bamboo pillow. You gotta love the bamboo pillow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, I had a great time with the kids. Good. In part because I just made a meal plan. Yes. The and con- I bought you everything for your meal plan ahead of time <laughs> and helped... Wait. Way to steal my glory. (laughs) Way to steal my glory. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes, you made a mail plan. (laughs) I'll have you know it was the kids' first day of school that you weren't home for. I know. And I got them dressed and met their parents and have successfully avoided the PTA people. you met their parents? (laughs) They have new parents? (laughs) I didn't know this. (laughs) Something I need to tell you. Oh, dear. Yeah. It's just easier that way. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I'm glad you had a great time. I'm glad to have you back. Thank you. Um, A lot of stuff happened while you were away. Like? We got a snake. We did. <laughs> you, I'm like in the middle of a session on Friday, and then you just send me a picture of a snake and said, this is in our tree. And I I almost screamed in the meeting. <laughs> I was like, get it out. Yeah, I posted this picture to Instagram and just said, okay, internet people, like, is this snake okay? At first, it alarms me that there's an okay category I don't know how you snakes. got that close to it. I, I, uh, I'm terrified. Well, I I just walked up to it and put my camera near. It's not that close. It, well, it looks pretty close. Well, I didn't get anywhere near it. I it, like kept like four meters or five meters away from it. Kate, Kate was saying, hey, Alan, maybe we should back up. But it didn't look like a fast move. I know nothing about snakes. So anyway, I, I, I put it up on Instagram. And said, <laughs> okay, you, just, just, you don't know anything about snakes, but it didn't look like a fast moving snake. Well, I tell you what, when I went behind it, yeah. It turned its head to me and stuck out its tongue doing that little oh. thing. And I was like, okay, good feelings okay, gone. Okay, I think I'll leave now. So anyway, I put it on Instagram and said, is this snake okay or do I need to burn the house down and start from scratch? Right. And very quickly people said, it's fine. It's just, it's a what's called a black rat snake. I thought they said it was called a black king snake. Well, there's all these generic terms to describe the same snake, basically. Okay. And so basically it's a pretty harmless snake. It's good because it keeps the area free of other pests like mice and rodents um but never having seen a snake up close yeah it, it, it freaked me out apparently also if it gets agitated it will shake its tail and mimic sounding like a rattlesnake though it's not so it's not venomous to humans um it's a constrictor so it crushes its prey and then swallows it whole but it only needs to eat i think once um every two weeks so if, it might stay in the tree for like two weeks because it's still there. It hasn't moved in three days. I went out to get basil and I was terrified. Even though it was in a tree five meters away, I... Was it still there? Oh, it's still there. It's just hanging out. It wasn't me that found it. It was our next door neighbor, Deirdre. Now, imagine imagine this, okay? Deirdre's coming over to get some tomatoes or weed your garden or whatever it is. <laughs> Doing something awesome anyway. <laughs> you've roped her into it. God bless her. I didn't rope her into it. <laughs> anyway, Deirdre's coming over yeah. and walking the way she always does. And she said, the snake is at eye level. And I just about walked into it. Like, <gasps> I saw it and it's like, Ooh. Oh. So she said, I backed up and went around the other side of the house. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so I don't need to call a, like a snake removal well, I wouldn't thing. mind if we did. Well... 
I mean, we can if you want. I saw like a really cool snake trap we can buy. Okay. Is it for trees? Oh, no. Hmm. Maybe I'll turn the hose on it and see if I can... <laughs> no. Knock it out no. of the tree. Mm-mm. Brit said he'd come up and just grab it and eat it. What? I don't know. There's some strange people in Tennessee. I'm not going to lie. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, that was the adventure for this week. Okay. I don't want to keep it. Although yeah. we have named it now. Yeah. Another reason I don't go outside in nature. Right. No snakes in here. I know. Now I'm not enjoying my garden anymore because I'm terrified to go outside. Well, here's the thing we can get in the house. What? Yeah. That's what I read about today. Okay. They can climb walls as well as they can climb trees. You should not have told me that. Yep. Sleep well, baby. Okay. Um, but how do they get in the house? Through open windows? No. How? I can't tell you. You'll just freak out. Okay. <laughs> you better tell me now because now I'm freaked out already. They watch you type in the PIN number on the <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, very clever. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on from snakes, our topic this week is all about endurance. Oh, that sounds exciting. Because here's the thing. To achieve anything in life, you're going to need endurance. Yeah. Anything good. Well, just anything. Well, some people think it's an achievement if they've just scooped some ice cream and sat on the couch, you know, and you might think that's, you know, but pretty impressive. I had it endure- <laughs> like, I mean, I had to get it out of the freezer. It was rock solid. I persevered well, anyway. Well, is that, yeah. <laughs> You're just all about robbing my glory tonight. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yes, endurance. Yeah. Well, endurance is basically not giving up even when all the circumstances are conspiring against you to do so. Right. I mean, think about... Think about the times where you've had to endure. Yes. Think about marriage, for example. Dude. Surely there have been times where you're like... Where I've thought about snuffing in your sleep, that sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never confess. (laughs) I remember one time we had a huge fight and I came back and apologized. And I said, babe, I'm so sorry. Like, that wasn't great. And so you said, I forgive you. And then later that night, as we're climbing to bed, you were like, you know, babe, it's a good job you apologized. And I was like, well, why is that? You were like, well... I was seriously considering peeing in one of your shoes. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was. You were that mad. I was so mad. I was literally trying to figure out how to ruin something of yours. I was so mad. And I was like, I can pee in his shoes. <laughs> I literally stared at his shoes for a while. <laughs> Just to sort of. Spiritual you know, giants right yeah. here on Keeping Up With but the But I Jones. didn't. I didn't pee in them. So that's the important part of that story. <laughs> what are the things then that help you? manufacture the things needed for endurance? Um, I mean, what are your go-to things to help you endure? Well, it depends on what the thing is that I'm enduring, I suppose. But sometimes um, if it's a season, Mm -hmm. then usually it's hanging on to whatever God has said about the outcome of the season. Because if you can hang on to prophetic words that say something different than what you're experiencing right now, then you can fight a war with them. Mm Mm-hmm. So I would say that, and I would say just being able to hear the voice of the Lord in the midst of when you're enduring something, if you can hear his comforting voice, and maybe that voice isn't saying, it's changing tomorrow, but it's saying, hey, I'm with you, then um, I think you can endure just about anything. What about that season where you got all those prophetic words about a husband that was coming? Yeah. Talk about that. Well, I didn't use those words to fight. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I mean, it was really tough. It was a really, really difficult season. And um, I don't know how many times I've been a bridesmaid, somewhere around 20 times. I mean, in my life, not just in, in that, that season. season right. um, but I've been a bridesmaid a lot. And uh, But in that season, it seemed like everybody was getting married and having kids. And I was the divorce chick that got left, um, you know, 
And, and it was, it was hard. It was just really hard, but I did know that I was built for something and I did know life didn't end this way, you know? And Um, where did you get that from? Just the the things the Lord had told you or just an internal knowing or talk to me about that? I'm trying to think. I mean, I did have some words, um, you know, remember Isabel Alam and this, this was, uh, I'm trying to think how long after my first husband left, but, um, she said, she didn't know me at all at this point. And she said, you know, I see you in this tunnel and it feels very dark, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, the Lord still has promise over you. And I just thought, okay, you know, that's good to know. You know, <laughs> but I, I knew, I knew I was called to ministry and I knew I was called to preach. And in that season, I wasn't doing any of that. And it looked like my whole life was heading in the absolute opposite direction of anything I planned or wanted. Mm. Um, but God always gets the last word in the end, doesn't he? He does. So I think, I mean, there was definitely days where I didn't fight as well and, you know, and there was days where I had more hope, but I think I also had a lot of great relationship around me to help me stay hopeful on the days when I was pretty low. So. Yeah, it is amazing. Hope really is the fuel for endurance. Yeah. Yeah, vision gives pain a purpose. Yeah. And so if you can have some sort of vision or some sort of hope or some sort of larger context for what's going on. And I think as, speaking personally, as I've journeyed with the Lord, because of my history with the Lord, I've realized that being in relationship with Jesus gives you options that aren't available to normal people. Like I think of the times that we've been in financial crisis and... And now what I've learned from from being in financial crisis, where the Lord just invaded in the midst of it and quite dramatically rescued us and saved us, Mm -hmm. I have now got this area of my heart where there's an expectation for God to do something beyond what I could ask or imagine. Yeah. And I would never have got that had I not learned to endure in crisis and then see God survive. You know, if, if God's constantly meeting you before crisis happens, you never strengthen your endurance muscle. Yeah, I think that I think that's right, babe. I think it's the people that have uh, experienced breakthrough because breakthrough is necessary are the ones that have faith for breakthrough for others too. Mm-hmm. So I remember even a silly example. I remember last summer when we were moving house and I don't want to overstretch this example because mm-hmm. let's face facts, we had a team of people helping us move house. That's but, very true. But nevertheless, there were plenty of weekends or evenings where you know, we were just packing up boxes and just loading up boxes in the minivan and driving over to our storage facility. And I'm hauling in boxes in like the 80% humidity we were talking about earlier right. and, the su- and the Tennessee summer heat. And it just wasn't fun, especially when it was carting boxes that I'd already moved three times earlier and we'd never <laughs> even opened it. I'm like, why are we keeping We don't even know what's in these boxes. Yeah. But in that moment, at the back of my head, I knew that the pain I was experiencing had a purpose and the purpose was a new house. Right. But not even that. I remember at one point moving and, you know, the Lord saying, how are you enjoying your day off? And I'm like, well, uh, I'm trying not to grumble, but here I am moving all these boxes. And the Lord was like, let me ask you a question. And I was like, uh-huh. He's like, would you move these boxes for X thousand dollars? Like it was, a, you know, it was basically the equity we'd built in our house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why, yes, yes, I can. And and having like a sense of a bigger picture of what I was doing yeah. made the fact that I was, you know, choosing to give my day off to being all hot, sweaty and doing manual labor much easier. Yeah. Perspective helps with endurance, doesn't it? So does money. 
Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons <laughs> humans get paid a salary. Right. Like we endure things about our jobs we don't like in return for money we do like. Yeah. So yeah, there. I mean, that's one of the things. Finding hope and then thinking of life in seasons. Talk about what it's like because a lot of our friends are having babies or are about to have babies. Talk about the endurance needed for the first 10 or 11 weeks of having a baby. Yeah, it's always funny when you talk to um, pregnant moms, especially obviously moms that have not had a baby yet. You know, it's their first baby and you don't want to be the bummer. Like you don't want to be like, hey, here's what you need to know. But I remember thinking with, you know, all three of the kids, the same sort of thing. But the first time, like the first time you're having a baby, you're like hoping you're right. And then the second and third time I was like, yeah, I can do this. Um it's just like, wow, okay, the first eight weeks are the hardest, you know, and yep, it's getting up every three hours and, you know, it's not getting a whole lot of sleep and sleeping when the baby's asleep and kind of not feeling like your best self and at times feeling like, oh, wow, I'm so emotional. I have all these hormones and this and that. And you just know this is a season and it's going to end. Well, you have to tell yourself that. Yes. Otherwise you think, what what has just happened Why to me? did I do this? Um, and then really by about, you know, 12 weeks, you're starting to feel like yourself again and you're back to being a human being. I would sort of joke, like as soon as I was getting five or six hours, I was like, I can take on the world, you know, where... Prior to baby, five or six hours was a diminished sleeping scenario. At at five or six hours after having a newborn, you're just like, you feel like you could, you know, I don't know, go run the American Ninja Warrior course, stand aside, people. (laughs) So, yeah. So, it it does take endurance, I think, obviously, to have kids all the way through. Um, That's the thing. We haven't hit teenage years yet. Nope. People who have teenagers are like, ha ha ha, you don't know anything about endurance. It's so true. (laughs) Come back and record a podcast in like 10 years. Oh (laughs) gosh. We heard so many stories this week at the conference, just, you know, Chris sharing stories and different people sharing stories. And I was just like, Lord, all right, make me ready. Give me ears to hear them. Help me not to shut them down. Like all the things that they're telling us, Um, you know, just to, to make us better parents, you know, as we're walking through the process. So yeah, I I definitely know that we're not quite there yet. <laughs> what about work? Yeah. Because we've all had seasons of working with people mm-hmm. or worse, working for people that you don't like. Yep. And I've just learned that there's things you learn about yourself in doing that and, and pressing through. Yep. And it's funny with the Lord because there are things you learn past your comfort zone that you can't learn in any other season of your life. Yeah. And so, you know, we're crazy Christians, really. We're like, oh, God. Give me, like, make me more Christ-like. And we think it's going to be like fairy dust. Right. And we're going to wait. No, but no, he puts you in situations where you are required to be more Christ-like. Right. And so he, he gives grinds you, off the hard oh, edges and all that. Yeah. Gives you an annoying coworker or, you know, whatever it is yes. that just kind of grinds you down and you're like, okay, no, no, this is, this is what I asked for. Yeah. It's funny though. You know, the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. He's called that for a reason because we're going to face seasons of life that are uncomfortable. Right. And he's the antidote. Yeah, they require comfort. I think there's all kinds of seasons of our lives that require endurance. And whether it's you're waiting for the thing that you hoped for, whether that's a spouse or a kid or the job or, you know, whatever whatever the thing is that feels like it's the dream that's never getting here. Um, endurance to stay in the game and continue to believe God and keep... Um, letting God refine you until such a time as the the hope arrives, you know, or the thing that you hoped for arrives. 
that's that's endurance. That's mm-hmm. the real deal kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or where you're in a season where you have less than what you need. Yeah. And you're yeah. Any I think anytime you're walking in the prophetic, learning to trust the prophetic words that you've got, like you said earlier, is endurance. I remember Graham Cook said something brilliant. He said, you know, when you're in a season where you need endurance, the why question is the wrong question to ask. Like, why is this happening to me? Right. You know, why don't I have enough money? Why haven't my prophetic words come through? He said, you know, the, the why question rarely gets answered this side of eternity. The better question to ask is the who question. Who does God want to be for me in this season that he couldn't be for me in any other season? Right. And that was so helpful for me when I just started asking, all right, Lord. Who do you want to be to me yeah. in this season? I, I, don't, I don't need to know the reasons of why I'm here. Can we just learn out well, you know, who you want to be for me? And beginning to access that part of the Father's heart was just was, was pivotal. Yeah. I feel bad because let's face facts. When I review my life, I haven't endured anything. I mean, of course I have. I'm giving you examples. But in the face of the enormous suffering that people, that Christians are facing all over the world, I haven't endured persecution. So I appreciate I'm coming from a very, very privileged position. But it's the only examples I have. I remember when the Lord had asked me to go be a teacher. And I quit my job and I went back to teacher training school. And I so didn't want to do it. I just thought, Lord, I'm... And I think part of the reason I didn't want to do it was I wasn't sure I'd actually heard the Lord. I was like, I don't want to waste thousands of dollars and all of, you know, a year of my life doing something I hate doing. Like, I, I've got no passion for this. And I remember, I, I must have been so anxious about it. I was sick. The very first week of school, I was at home sick. And I felt like the Lord said, you need to decide if you've heard from me or not. And if you have heard from me, you need to be obedient. And so I went home to be with my parents. I was in my parents' house and I, I drove out. There's a, there's a cemetery right next to where my parents used to live. And I got up one Sunday morning and I took my Bible and I just cycled up the top of the hill. It's a cemetery on a hill, Balgay Cemetery. And I sat there and watched the sun come up and I just read Revelation. Revelation chapter two, chapter three, seven times it says, to him who overcomes and then God gives this promise. And I realized, oh, you can't overcome without endurance. Right. Like, here's all the promises for those who overcome. If this is the Lord, despite the fact I don't want to do it, I can overcome it. Right. And I just, you know, that whole year was a year of overcoming, right? Lord, I believe you've asked me to do this. Would you give me the resources to do it? Did you know God is a God who will give you endurance? I did know that. I didn't. Oh. I, I, I mean, I didn't. I mean, I didn't think he would abandon us in the midst of trials, which therefore would mean he'd have to give us endurance to be able to go through it. But look, you don't even need that brilliant logic. Romans 15 verse 5 says this, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. God gives endurance and encouragement. I'm like, that is amazing. Can I get a whoop whoop? How have I only just learned that verse? Right. I'm like, oh God, I didn't realize that you were a source of endurance and encouragement. So our prayer for you guys, if you're listening to this and you're needing encouragement or you're needing some level of endurance, the Lord would love to provide both of those things for you. And there's a prayer in Colossians chapter one. It says this, verse nine. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father 
who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. First, you know, the prayer there that Paul's asking is that God would fill you with the knowledge of his will. Back to what you were saying earlier, babe, that having a greater sense of purpose in your life is key to being able to endure the season that you're in. Yeah. And then recognizing that actually the spirit of the Lord will give you wisdom and understanding so that we can live a life that pleases the Lord, which includes endurance and patience. And the other key we haven't even talked about is giving thanks. The power of thanksgiving is huge. When you can just stop and just say, God, even though I'm finding this part of my life sucky, I thank you that. And then just a torrent of thanksgiving will pour out of your mouth. Right. Anything you can thank him for, it starts to shake it loose, doesn't oh. it? I have a final thought for you about okay. endurance. Tell me. Hit me with it. Sometimes endurance isn't so much about suffering and pressing through as it is about being disciplined. And what I mean by that is it's so easy to be distracted and not get things done. Right. But part of endurance is choosing to be powerful and manage yourself well. Part of endurance is saying, I'm going to say no to just binging on Netflix and yes to go and do the thing they said I was going to do. Right. And I, that's the thing. That's the season I feel like I'm in right now is, you know, often the Holy Spirit's just like, hey, come on, buddy, focus. Because I get distracted really, really easily. You know, my low boredom threshold. I'm you just do, like, do you? Oh, I hadn't you noticed. hadn't noticed? <laughs> and so I'm just realizing, oh, that's an area I can grow in, endurance in terms of being disciplined enough to say no to distraction okay. so I can say yes to focus. Sounds good. Babe, you know what I could do with right now? Um, a latte. Well, aside from some supper because we haven't dessert. eaten and That's it's 9pm at night. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to feed you when we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I could do with is a listener's question. Okay. Well, oh, well, I happen to have one of those. Look at you. Go yeah, for it. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm on top of it. So this is a listener question from Becky. And Becky says, can you talk about the difference between authority and influence? For context, I'm referring to your recent sermon at Grace Center, specifically your discussion on 2 Corinthians 10, verse 13. I I, I can. For those of you who haven't listened, um, the last three weeks I've been doing a series at Grace Center all about the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. And I was talking about apostles. The, the, the verse in 2 Corinthians 10, 13 says, this is Paul writing, we will not boast beyond our measure, but within the measure of the sphere which God appointed to us as a measure to reach even as far as you. Basically, Paul's saying, hey, I'm an apostle, but I'm not an apostle to everybody. I'm only an apostle to the sphere this, this 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 realm that God's given me authority in. Right. And I, I made a passing comment about there's a world of difference between authority and influence. Right. So what I meant by that is, let's take a pastor or a leader at a church. Right. There is going to be most likely an authority on their life placed by God. Right. And by authority, I don't mean it's something that they're forcing on people or lording over people. I mean, there'll be a spiritual grace upon their life that when they say things because of the anointing on their life, what they've said will take effect in the lives of some of the people in that church. Right. So, for example, they'll be, uh, you know, preaching on, on Sunday, they'll, you know, they'll be preaching the word, they'll give an instruction, something like that. And that those words will take effect in the lives of some of the people in the church. Those people that it takes root in their lives are the ones who've decided that that leader has a place of authority in their life. Right. So... So, for example, my sister 
and her family, they go to Elevation Church in North Carolina. Pastor Stephen Furtick is the pastor there. So my sister, and whenever I speak to my sister, Kara, she's always like, oh, you need to listen to this message that Pastor Stephen preached. It was amazing. And clearly, Karis has given Pastor Stephen authority to speak into her life. His words are big in her ears, right. so to speak. Right. Like there's like she loves listening to his teaching. She wants to put into practice what she's heard. She recognizes I have given him a place of authority in my life. There are other people that will go to that church, or perhaps other people that maybe listen to that message online, or other people who are you know following him on Twitter who will hear the same thing that perhaps my sister's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, this is life-changing, and I'll be like, huh, yeah, that's a good point. And then there's still others who will just ignore what he's saying. The right. first group, like my sister uh, you know, and other people, th- they have given Pastor Stephen authority in their life. Right. The second group, Pastor Stephen merely has influence in their life. Right. And the third group, you know, he has... No, no voice. No, no voice at all. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I mean. We recognize that in our own life. I mean, we teach regularly at Grace Center, at the school or at Emanate, yeah. and we see people who hear what we say, and we can see that they apply it in their life. Equally, we can see other people who will still listen, and they're kind of like, nah, you know, maybe not so much, and, you know, they'll pick and choose what they're going to accept. Right. There's other people who seek out our counsel. It's obvious that we have become an authority in their life. Mm-hmm. It gets important to clarify, they have chosen that we are an authority in their life. It's not like we've gone to us and say, yay, submit to us, we have authority. That, that, that's nauseating, that, that thought. But there are others who are like, yeah, we kind of like what you're saying. And so, in a nutshell, the difference is influence gets people to listen to you. Authority gets people to obey. Good. Does that help? Yeah. I, I hope that helps. Becky, if that doesn't help you can ask another question. I'll try and clarify it. Okay. All right, AJ Jones, take us home. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to ask us a question, head on over to alanandaj.com slash ask. And if you would like to get the show notes from this episode, uh, it's alanandaj.com slash 160. I can't believe we've done 160 of these things. 160 episodes, baby. So we passed by our three-year anniversary. We didn't even realize it four episodes ago. Well, uh, to be honest, four episodes ago, we were, you know, I was in Scotland. We were kind of moving well, around. that's but true. We have forgotten. You know what we normally do each year? Is we, we do, do a, a listener survey and a giveaway. Yeah. So forgive us. We will get on that. We will have a listener survey and a and a giveaway. We love, we've got a whole load of new listeners than we didn't have a year ago. Um, a couple of thousand of you. So we would love to hear more about you, where you're from, you know, how we can make yeah, a podcast yeah, better for it. you. Yeah, Okay, baby. We've got very excited. I love those surveys. They're so amazing. I love them too. I, 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 yeah, I love Punao. It's one of my favorite. It's one of the highlights of my year. I'm just a feedback junkie. Yeah. I love hearing what people are thinking. So we'll make that happen. We'll set that up and next week we'll talk about that. But for now, thanks so much for listening. We pray you have an amazing week, that you have confidence and endurance from God to get through whatever you're going and that you'll come out the other side flourishing, having learned a million things. Yeah. Amen. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day, from Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me, Alan and AJ, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, they talk about faith in God.
And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone